All right, guys. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Today, we have a very special episode with Case Kenny. For those that do not know Case, Case Kenny is a Chicago-based writer, podcaster, and recording artist behind the New Mindset Journal, Single is Your Superpower, and his new journal, Unbothered. His podcast, New Mindset Who Dis, started in the summer of 2018 and has grown into one of the top podcasts with no sponsors, because uh, screw those sponsors, right? Well, while he often pokes fun at himself in his podcast for his gym selfies, his love for house music, pictures of his feet, and being a quote-unquote dude bro guy, Case brings a fresh take on what it means to be the best person that you can be in all aspects of life, and he is a vibe. So Case, thanks so much for joining us today, man. Thank you. Great intro. We're going to have to provide some context for the feet comment. There's some only famous <laughs> but, uh, questions later. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Cool. Yeah. Well, this is awesome. I was going to say, I do a lot of interviews and I'd say 99% of them are with women, which is great, but this is a, a nice, uh, uh, you know, change of pace. And also we, we're just a couple dudes all wearing hats. Like that's a vibe for sure. Just I always no wear a hat. Just dudes being Sometimes guys. Yeah. Wear, like, yeah, just a couple dudes being guys wearing hats. So I I, uh, I think that's cool. <laughs> no doubt, man. I, I think we're all, me and Matt are always rocking hats. Yeah, yeah. I've got no yeah. hair to worry about messing up. So the hat's always on for me. <laughs> See, well, that's the thing. Case <laughs> has go. great hair. So he's he's just wearing yeah, it because he exactly. likes it. Well, yeah. I do it. I do it. Yeah, I do it because, you know, I don't want to take a shower. So I did it to hide the hair. <laughs> so we have all of our different reasons. Super easy. Guys got it easy, man. I'm telling you. I love it, man. I think so, yeah. Good life. <laughs> Well, hey, man, w welcome to our pod, dude. I, I really appreciate it. And just to give you a, a quick background um, on me so and and how I actually found you here and, and why we asked you to um, come on to our pod. So actually, uh, I've been listening to you now since about September of this, of 2020. In June, uh, my ex and I, now ex, we had actually broke up four-year relationship. And uh, I actually started your uh, new mindset journal. And that was a huge game changer for me. I actually had no idea that you had a podcast. And my really hmm. good friend, Katie, if I didn't shout her out, she'd be so mad at me because she is just, she loves you. She fangirls over you. Um, and she introduced your, uh, one of your podcasts to me. She sent me your, uh, the guided meditation to an almost relationship. And mm -hmm. she kept on saying, soon, soon. And uh, we, so we trade the podcast back and forth quite a bit. Like every single time there's a new one that comes out, she's always asking me, hey, have you listened to that new pod yet? Things like that. So uh, first off, like huge thanks to you, man. Honestly, like whenever I am feeling just, whether I'm in a good mood or whether I'm feeling down, I need a little bit of a pick-me-up. I just go back and find one of your episodes and I find it super comforting just to listen to you because you're, you're just a regular dude. And what's so cool about this is you're not doing it for the, I mean, obviously the follows are nice and all that good stuff, but uh, you're doing this for you, which is really unique. And you just happen to gain a huge following while doing that. So um, huge thanks to you for that. We're, we're, we got some questions lined up here. I have some that I actually have lined out. I did a pretty, pretty good amount of research just to make sure that I didn't ask you a question that you've already answered on another pod or another interview. Ooh. And I, I couldn't find uh, maybe everything out there. I didn't have that much time, but however, I, I did dedicate some good amount of time to it. So with that being said, man, I'm, I'm going to jump right into the first question that I got in here. Um, and one of the things that you talk about a lot is that your career, your job should not define you. It is not who you are. So as far as Case Kenny goes, when did you realize that you were meant to do something bigger than just your job? And what was that first action that you took to try and get there? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you for the kind words. It really does mean a lot to, to, to you know, hear and see an impact because I think to answer your question, like that is what I was put on earth to do. I mean, to your, to your question, like I, I've always like wanted to do something that wasn't nine to five. And I think everyone has that desire, right? I mean, I think that every, every single person is like, I, I would love to not to do this uh, necessarily. Um, I think, honestly, I think it was 
two years ago is when I kind of realized that I have an ability to actually make that a reality. And, um, you know, I talk a lot about like passion and purpose and how I think that's kind of an ambiguous thing to say. And it's, it's tough to know exactly what that is, but I do think that everyone was given, uh, a, a skill that they might be unaware of because it's, you know, um, you know, skills are sometimes tough to define. And I think my skill is a random skill that I was given. And about two years ago, I really realized that it, I had an ability to kind of, uh, enable it to, to help me, you know, do something pretty cool and impactful with my life. And my skill that I realized about two years ago that I was given is this ability to like simplify things. That's a, such a random skill. Some people are like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm great at basketball. You know, I'm a great swimmer. I'm really good with numbers. And my skill is I can simplify things, right? Super vague. I think that's why it took me 32 years to figure it out that this was actually a skill um, and a talent. And, a, and not only that, but like a reason to, to be on earth and impact. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of realized that about two years ago, really started to lean into that idea. Is like, I think I'm uh, more optimistic than the average person. And I think that's because when I, I come across issues or opportunities or problems or whatever, it's just like, I, I tend not to overthink things because I have this, I don't know, innate ability just to simplify it. Yes or no, go with it, react and so on and so forth. So I've really leaned into that, created content around it on the podcast and journals and, and things like that. And people started to really react well to it. I'm like, oh, you know, I have this ability. Um, it's, it's, it's the, that is something that defines me, a skill that's, that's geared for impact versus working sales in Chicago. And, and I soon started to realize that the two were, you know, drifting apart. Um, and that was really exciting. Um, so now I've kind of really latched on to this skill that I've been given. And uh, I don't think it makes me an expert to your point. It just makes me more, I don't know, relatable or impactful. So I'm just going to write that out and try to help as many people as I can and build a business around it and just enjoy it. So long-winded answer, but um, it goes back to kind of, took me a long time to discover what my skill was because I've always felt like an average dude. Sure. Uh, mm -hmm. But now that I've really kind of realized that, I've, I've tapped into it and followed it and it's been pretty great. Sure, that's awesome. And I have to ask you, um, because I did do some my own background on you and I'm a recruiter by trade. So I looked you up on LinkedIn. By the way, you got to update that, bro, because it still says that, that you're in sales uh, or the director of sales <laughs> at whatever company. But- when I saw that and you and you I hear you talk about how like you have a gift of simplifying things like I think do you think that sales kind of led you to that because they always say in sales like if you can't explain it simply then you can't sell it to people. So do you think sales yeah. kind of helped you lead towards that path of being able to simplify things and and help people out? Absolutely. It goes and I think that people should I think there's two essential experiences that everyone should have in life. I think everyone should work in sales at some point. And I think everyone should wait tables at some point. I think the combination, I worked at Applebee's in high school. Nice. <laughs> uh, two for 20s all, all day. <laughs> Half so the price apps, baby. I, yeah, let's go. Let's go. <laughs> you hear your family at Applebee's. Um, kind of like Olive Garden. Um, I think, uh, yeah, those, those two skill sets really helped me um, stop overthinking as much as... Um, as humanly possible and just simplify things. Sales definitely from the, just the ability to project an idea and entice other people and then waiting tables just to be stress-free as you go about whatever purpose is. Um, so yeah, I mean, sales, sales made a man out of me as, as funny as a statement <laughs> as that is like, it taught me everything, everything. Like I got so lucky getting into sales cause I growing up, not growing up, but in my mid mid twenties, I was, you know, um, didn't really, again, really think I had a unique skill set, was kind of timid, kind of still finding my place in, in life. And I got lucky and knew a guy who knew a guy and really um, was persistent. And I got a job as an account executive at this um, software company and rose up through the ranks there and, and crushed it and killed it and really found myself in the process. So I think it, so sales could be a soul-sucking endeavor and uh, it, can, it can really be negative, but it can be really positive. And I, I really owe, I think, a lot of how I've found my confidence and just speaking and, and everything in sales. So big proponent of putting yourself through something that's super uncomfortable <laughs> like that, but also something where, you know, you can gauge your success easily. Sales is great because it's like you're doing well, you're not doing well. It's like there's not a whole lot of ambiguity around it. You're either crushing your quota and you're up leveling and you're selling or you're not. And it really taught me a lot about success, what I'm capable of. Oh, and adversity. EQ, adversity. For sure. Overcoming adversity. Absolutely. You're hearing no 90% yeah. of the time, at least. Yeah. Yeah. 
I hope only 90. 90% of the time, shoot, man, we'd be closing a lot. But yeah. we only hear it yeah. 90% of the time. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 Case, yeah. I, I shoot, man, I I love just the idea of simplifying everything. I think that's something that, uh, like, so we're roughly the same age. I know, Case, you're what? Thir- you're going to be 33 soon, I think, right? Yep. Um, yep. I'm 31. Matt, you're 33 now. Yeah. Um, and we're at that same point in our life where, shoot, we're doing a lot of the same stuff, trying to figure out how we can simplify things. Not to like your extent where uh, you, you've you got it, you've had it figured out here for these last couple of years, or, or maybe not figured out, but you're, it's a process. You're continuing to figure it out day in and day out, uh, literally. So you, you mentioned two years ago is when you felt that you really had that calling to, to do something like this, to figure that out. What was there a defining moment that led you to say, hey, this is my calling to simplify and get my message out? I mean, if I'm really honest, it was actually this past year. <laughs> like, okay. That was when I was like, yeah, I was like, this, this is doable. I mean, I've been writing online, creating content since 2014. Like I've been trying to find my groove. Started the podcast in 2018, had, had some initial success right off the bat, got lucky, podcast took off, did well. But it, it really wasn't until this past year that things really, really blew up. I mean, I started, <clears throat> I effectively started my business. Again, I don't do sponsors. I sell journals. I started that business this past year and it went from no revenue to mid seven figures and it's going to do eight figures plus this year. So it went from nothing to everything. But that took me since 2014. And then same with like started to like really, really get amazing stories of impact um, from people listening to the podcast. So I don't know if it was, you know, Corona and, um, Corona has been super kind to me, which is a weird thing to say, but it was like, I really started to see the impact of what I've created, which would be Instagram podcast journals and just the like literally millions of people who have either purchased or listened or engaged with me and just hearing back from those people. Like that's what made me realize, um, that, you know, it, the, what I talk about and what I create can actually be like really, really helpful because it's so easy to stay in my little content creator shell and I'm just creating things and I'm looking at likes and that's fantastic. But to hear personal stories from people talking about how it really helped them and it did this and it did that, like that, there's no clearer indicator of purpose than that. And, um, you know, those numbers have just been crazy. Those are the amount of people who are saying those kinds of things. And that was really this past year. Yeah, I saw you've got a pretty impressive following on Instagram alone. It looked like over 160,000 followers. And honestly, this is more of a selfish question. We're just starting out podcasting. We want to be at a point where we're impacting people's lives and can help people, whether it's through training, stories, development, whatever. What was the biggest thing that helped you grow that following organically? Because you hear consistency, and I, I understand consistency is key. But is there anything else that you um, that you can really pinpoint, or maybe a couple of bullets that you can point to that really helped just explode? What is your following right now? Yeah, yeah, I think a lot about this. I talk a lot about this because um, I mean, I I busted my tail since 2014. To, to be successful online. And, and to our conversation, it really wasn't until 2020, late 2019. So we're, we're, we're talking a lot of a lot of different things. And I've tried a lot of different things. I would say twofold. One, my Instagram following has blown up this past year. I had like 20,000 followers like nine months ago. Um, and that blew up because one, I switched from, I used to post just glam shots of myself with cool captions. Um, but that's not how you grow. That's great for people who already know you, but to grow and get new eyeballs, you have to post, um, more engaging content. So I switched to what I'm kind of known for now, which is coffee cup quotes. I write on coffee cups and I take them in front of cool murals in Chicago. No one's really doing that. Just kind of a cool, engaging thing. So that changed everything. Everyone shares those voraciously, but the underpinning of that, which is what I really leaned into on the podcast, which I've like quadrupled my numbers in the past, call it eight months, is really leaning into um, emotional triggers, like trying to find the most foundational emotion that people can relate to and making it specific and um, almost a little polarizing. Like people want solutions to their most emotional problems. A podcast on how... Um, to be happy, that that's not a problem. That's a goal. A podcast on how to get over a breakup, that is a need. That is a problem. Um, and I never used to do dating content. Never. 
And I started because I'm a single dude in my 30s. And I was like, who am I to give dating advice? That seems super hypocritical. But then I kept getting DMs and DMs and DMs. So I was like, all right, I will give some thoughts on dating. Started to do that. People were like, yo, that's amazing. It's awesome. I'm like, is it? But okay. So I just started doubling down on that. And like now I do a lot of dating content because it's the most foundational, universal trigger that everyone has at some point in their life. And it's really helped me make a name for myself um, in that space, getting a lot of new eyeballs because everyone has dating issues and then really engaging them with dating content, but also doubling down on what I am passionate about, which is general mindfulness. Yep. Um, so sometimes you got to you gotta go where the audience wants to go, not necessarily where you want to go, and then you corral them in. So that's, I've doubled down on those triggers, um, tried to make, try to find universal pain points in life as it relates to different topics. Yeah. And being um, super uh, re- relatable and experience-driven, like not theory. I talk about my own experiences. Here's what I experienced. First person, first person, first person. That's relatable. I have this thesis that, people no longer want to hear about hear from experts. I genuinely believe that. I think the age of the experts over. I really do. Like people want relatable advice. They want advice that's real. They don't want to hear another guru talk about, you know, you know, heightening your frequency and, you know, vibrating at a higher like what? Like what does that even mean? No disrespect to those people. People want to hear about how you got ghosted on a dating app and what that means for your confidence. Yeah. Like, that's real. So I'm I, big on I'm big on leaning into that. I agree a hundred. Uh, I agree a hundred percent in terms of you're going to get more of a following, or from a first world. You know, there's just some. There's more feeling behind what you're saying than just like recent studies and statistics have shown X, Y, and Z. Also, I yeah. think it's pretty cool what you're doing because nowadays, it is super super normal to be you know early 30s and still single and just like loving life and being okay with just trying to figure it out as opposed to maybe our parents who at this time were probably on their third or fourth kid. Right. Um, and it's, you know, it's just a dynamic, it's a change in dynamics and it's a change in the way we view relationships and getting married. Um, and really everything. And I think it's awesome because I don't think, I think most people that listen to your stuff, or I should say a good amount of people find comfort in that like that you have this, you know, that you've got this confidence of just like, hey, it's okay. We're figuring it out. Trial and error. Learn from your shit. You know, here's what I'm learning as we're going through it. And just know I'm having a good time and you can have a fucking good time too. Um, so that being said, and a couple of things hopped off there to me is, yeah, your your podcast titles and subjects are very captivating, especially for today's day and age, which is online dating and again, being single in your 30s, which is, you know, like the hopeful romantic. You've got fuckboy in a couple of them. You know, you've got ghosting. People want to hear about that because they're experiencing or they're doing it in some terms. And so uh, the topic fuckboy came up. Uh, Bobby, um, for no reason whatsoever, sent me one on, <laughs> on a fuckboy one. Uh, and I really feel like it's easy to be like our age and be labeled as a fuckboy, whether you're casually dating whether you haven't been in a long-term relationship in a while, if you're on dating apps or, you know, you know, not really specifically, but just being like a 33-year-old single guy in South City, St. Louis that's trying to live his best life. Um, so when listening to your take on it, I actually really enjoyed the definition that you had and almost kind of adopted it. And it's that the, the simple differentiator between whether or not you're being a fuckboy is honesty. So I'm going to take, I'm going to like let you take the the wheel here. For our listeners, do you think you could elaborate a little more on that? Yeah, for sure. And like the whole the whole fuckboy term is, I wouldn't choose that term um, in general. I would say fuck person because men can do it, women can do it, right? It, it's not a universal men thing. Certainly, I think it skews male, um, and that's maybe a topic for another conversation. But I grasp onto that topic because it's immediately relatable. People understand what that is, more or less. Um, the whole fuckboy phenomenon is is tricky. Because a lot of the times it's 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 a false label. Like you you go on a date with someone, you you end up not vibing, and you disappoint them because maybe they vibed. All of a sudden you're a fuckboy because you disappointed them. So it, it's 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 a tricky world, right? So a lot of times the, the term gets thrown around to anyone who disappoints anyone. All of a sudden you're a fuckboy because you know you guys weren't on the same level. So um, it is what it is. But I mean, ultimately it does count come down to honesty and intention, uh, intention and honesty, I would say, in that order. Having an intention and then being honest about it. 
I think a fuck person is simply someone who has an intention that they're not really voicing. And then they use this idea of potential, buying into potential, creating potential for the other person to get their hopes up as a means to progressing their intention that they're not voicing. Um, simply put, I mean, for a fuck boy, that would be to create a casual relationship of friends with benefits, a hookup, whatever it is. But at the same time, they're, they're creating this idea of potential to the other person. They're appealing to that person's most base desire, which was, are we going somewhere? Are we a fit? Is there a future? And they're appealing to that with what they say. Um, but what they do is not necessarily aligned with that. But I think it's tough. I think, I think it's really, really tough because ultimately, you know, two people dating is like the wildest thing to me. The fact that we, we expect a relationship to be super easy is just baffles me. Like, let's say you've got two people in their 30s dating. Like, it, you have so many variables. You've got each person's past relationships, whatever baggage they have from those relationships. You've got their current personality quirks, and then you've got their intentions for their dating life. So you've got, like, all of these different things battling around, and you expect everything to be super, super simple. Um, and in the reality is it's not, it's not going to be, but I think the cure all for that is a simple communication of what your intention is. And I find a lot of times when I talk to people, predominantly women, because most of my listeners are women, it seems at this point is, um, that the question comes up a lot. Well, I don't know. I, you know, we've gone on two dates and I just don't know where his head's at. I don't understand where we're going. Like he seems like a fuck boy to me. And my question is, well, have you asked him? Because like it's easy to become a fuckboy if you're never like questioned on what's going on. And, and usually the, the answer is no, haven't really. And I was like, I think it's incredible that a, a simple question can break down so many barriers we have. And then I, I find a lot of time women are afraid to ask that question. Like, what, what, what are you looking for? What are you doing? What are we doing? Whatever. Because that could come off as like a stage five clinger type, type scary question. The reality is... I don't think that's a scary question at all. Anytime I go on a date with a woman, my first question on my mouth, date one is, so what's going on? What's your vibe? What are you looking for? Are you being serious? Whatever. I think it's a, it's a very simple question that can identify a lot of problems up front, namely getting to the root of, of honesty and intention. Um, yeah, that's it. I mean, I talk a lot about fuckboys on the podcast. Like, I talk, I talk about the fact that I think fuckboys are sad boys, like a true fuckboy, someone who knows what they're doing and they're purposefully misleading someone. That makes them like a sad person. And I talk a lot about that, but ultimately it comes down to identifying intention. And if, and if your intention is that you just want to sleep around and have fun, that doesn't make you a fuckboy if you, if you voice it. What makes you a fuckboy is when you become dishonest about your intention. That's what makes you a fuck person. Yeah, um, I agree 100%. I, I don't think there's any wrong thing to be doing out there besides, besides, you know, being honest, right? If you're not honest, then you're misleading people. But, you know, I, I, I can definitely see how that would be, especially, I, I could see how girls or guys in some cases might be afraid to ask that question because everybody's scared of being too forward when, when at the end of the day, you're going on a date to see if there's compatibility for a long-term relationship. And so 100% warranted, whether it's the first date, the fifth date, or six months down the road. Yeah, I love, I love that too. Go ahead, Case. No, I absolutely disagree. No, I was going to say, uh, I mean, communication, I think nowadays is one of the things that, I, I mean, social media and all these ways that we can communicate now has really made it difficult for people, whether it's you're in your third, shoot, it, it doesn't matter how old you are. It's made it really difficult for people to communicate, whether you have uh, boomers that are arguing on Facebook over politics, or if you yeah. have, or if you have uh, people in their twenties and thirties that are on these dating apps that just fail to communicate. And one of my favorite quotes is communicating is hard. Um, not communicating is hard. Choose your heart. It's the same thing. Being rich is hard. Being poor is hard. Choose your heart. And I think with with something like that, if you are like like you said, case like that's your first thing that you say to these girls on on your on your first dates, uh, and just laying out that intention there and being honest. And I think that's that's a, a huge differentiator now. If if that could be something that happened more in dating, uh, I think you'd see a lot of people that. Um, went on a lot of first dates and decided, hey, this person's not a good fit for me. And uh, I think it just changes everything. So I agree. I just wanted to kind of like give you my take on that too, just because it, it makes total sense that we're dealing with all that shit now, nowadays. And it's just, it's all because of technology. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I've, I've got the simplest cure-all for all of this. Like, is you, you you pick up the phone, you call the other person. Yes. Stop texting each other. I, I, I know I'm I'm sounding like a boomer in, in now, <laughs> but it's like, it's the simplest thing in the world. You just stop, just stop. I mean, text, dude, do whatever. But like, if you're, if you're actually serious about someone, just call them. Yep. Like, it's, it's the simplest thing. It takes all of interpretation of text out the window, all assumptions about whether they're interested out the window. You call someone, it's very clear what you're interested in and you can have a conversation. There's no ambiguity about it and then you move on. It's like texting is, is just the worst for people's <laughs> overthinking to run wild. Well, what does that mean? Oh, there's no smiley face. They must not be interested. They're probably texting other people. Why did it take four hours to respond? Who knows? Like, it's crazy to me. I, mean, yeah. I, I, I'm so over texting. It's just, like, <laughs> I would much rather pick up the phone. I'm funnier over the phone. Like I'm not funny via text. I'm funny over the phone. Like lean into your skill set. So I'd say call. Throw more crying face emojis on there. Then people will finally know how you feel. Yeah. yeah <laughs> emoji overload. I overcompensate. And <laughs> they're like, yo, this dude's freaking weird. I am the king yeah. of exclamation points. So that is the only way I can get across my personality in a message yeah. because yeah. I'm the same way, man. I think that I'm funny too. There's, um, there's <laughs> never a time I don't think Bobby's just yelling through his phone. <laughs> yeah. And I, sometimes it's all caps too. Yeah. But I do this with, because I, so yeah. it's, we talked, we were talking earlier just about leading a sales team, things like that. I, I lead a sales team and uh, Matt's obviously had, um, he, I mean, he does right now as well. He leads the sales team with his company. And um, I mean, just king of trying to bring that extra energy and bring that positivity. And I, I do think there's things like as far as, uh, and actually I wasn't planning on going here, but this is kind of a, a decent transition. Um, I wonder what your thoughts thoughts are on toxic positivity because there are people that are obviously uh, like for you case I feel like you are a you're very realistic and you like you cut open that wound you pour in the salt so you can get these people excited about or or what you what you're talking about on your podcast and you get more listens you get more followers more shares etc so do you think there's a point where people have been almost too positive and it's been toxic and not so much real? Yeah. I mean, I think any positivity that is forced positivity that is derived from ignoring whatever it is that's bothering you, that is realistic. That, I mean, toxic I know is the label, but I don't think that's healthy. Like I am like annoyingly optimistic with friends, family, everyone. Like they're like, case, we get it. Like people come to me for the spin, but it's like, I genuinely believe in the power of positivity and um, hopeful thinking. It's like, if you have the opportunity and you always do to interpret something, to assume, assume something in a certain way, that's more hopeful. I'm always going to choose that. Like I have hardwired myself to do that, but it's not devoid of acknowledging downsides, negatives, emotions, whatever. Um, it's derived from it almost. Like I, I understand who I am, where I'm at and what I'm feeling, but I choose to assume positive intent. I choose to assume a change in my story. I, I choose to assume that things will change, whatever. But I think it becomes toxic when you just do it blindly and you don't acknowledge how you're feeling in the first place. That That is that is a lack of self-awareness. And I, I mean, all everything I talk about comes down to this idea of mindfulness and all mindfulness is, is self-awareness. I think 99% of our problems slash anxieties and frustrations can be addressed with self-awareness because it is crazy to me how often we just operate in this gray area of life of ambiguous decision-making. We do things, we say things without understanding why we're saying them. Even when it comes to dating, I ask people a lot of the times, um, why are you dating? And people are like, what do you, what do you mean? Why am I dating? I go, you date because that's what you're supposed to do. You're human. You're not supposed to be alone. You're supposed to build a family together. You're supposed to build a legacy and so on and so forth. And I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. But like, the, the, those are answers that are derived from a fear of being alone. Like, what is, like, what is, why? Like, why are you actually dating? Um, and I, like, I approach a lot of things like that. It's like a lot of times we feel anxious, but we don't ask ourselves why we feel anxious. We can, we go, oh, well, you know, tomorrow will be better. I was like, that, that's great. I, I love that expectation for yourself. But if you're always avoiding the question of why, um, you, you're going to find yourself constantly going into this pattern of overthinking. Um, I don't know if this is my idea, but I, I coined it. It's like the power of why. You ask yourself why three times, five times, whatever it is, until you get to the bottom of whatever is um, 
bothering you, it's a powerful practice. I mean, that's why I created journals is just to beat yourself over the head with self-awareness driven questions until you understand why you're feeling a certain way. And then hopefully that'll get you to the point of why you're acting a certain way or why you're expecting a certain outcome and so on and so forth. There's just so much power in understanding uh, yourself and your expectations for yourself. So um, I think when that's the case, there's no way you're toxically um, optimistic or positive because it's derived from a true place. And then if you make the decision to expect a more positive outcome, that's real as opposed to just blindly saying those kinds of things. I love that, man. Uh, that makes so much sense to me. And and with you talking about uh, just going back to your your family and or them saying, hey, I um, this is going on. And then you come back with it with something that's hopeful and positive because that's what you truly believe. Um, you actually talked in your uh, one of your episodes, are you a people pleaser? Those perpetual people pleasers. Um, that was actually one of my most shared uh, podcasts with a bunch of my friends because I, I really feel like so many people are doing things or they're not doing things because they're, like you said, they're scared to um, let someone else down or to disappoint someone else. So while, so while you're building your business, while you've been obviously on this, on your journey to find, I don't know, maybe your journey to find the one, right? Like if, to find that girl, um, are there friends or family member that members that you've had to let down or you've been surprised that you've had to let down in order to grow? Um, maybe not necessarily let down, but just like overcome their judgment. Because I mean, for a long time, I was like, man, it's like, I'm self-conscious. I'm posting inspirational quotes on Instagram. I'm like, this, this guy, I'm a dude. I like house music and lifting weights. And I'm out there point, like, po like posting these little dainty little quotes. Like it's emasculating. Like, what are people thinking? Um, what are my like hockey bros thinking about me? And, and so on and so forth. Or like, even my, my, my parents come from a very traditional business background. Right? You gotta be a lawyer. Like, okay, case, go post your little quotes, have fun. Like, you know, subtle judgment that that really kind of makes you second guess yourself. But I made the decision like a couple of years ago just to go all in and it's been the, the best thing ever. Um, and it wasn't like, I'm going to go out and disappoint these people. It's just like, I just don't care sure. anymore. And if they're disappointed, that's great. I talk a lot about like different ways to like bring um, tough decisions to life. I talk about like, you know, if you want to be more confident, which everyone does, you have to embrace awkwardness. I talk a lot about, you know, you should try to put yourself in awkward situations so that you could accrue what I call awkward points. It's like going to a carnival. The more points you get, you cash them in for a prize and that prize is confidence. It's the same with disappointing other people. I call them growth points. Like I, I think everyone wants to grow and sometimes it's tough to know if you're growing, right? But you've got receipts in the form of when you disappoint someone, most of the time, it's derived from the fact that you're growing and your preferences, your values, your dreams, your goals, your visions are changing. And that is growth. And there's no more clearer representation of that than someone being disappointed because you chose someone else over them. You chose a night in over a night out. You chose a new job, a new city over whatever, over comfort. So I'm like really big on like trying to find representations of your growth representations of your um, growing confidence, which would be putting yourself in more awkward situations and being fine with it. Representations of your growth would be knowing you're disappointing someone, knowing they want something from you, but you don't deliver it, knowing they want a yes, but you deliver a no. That is representative of your growth. So there's all kinds of different ways to like be like, man, that, that was a tough decision. But here I've, I've got the receipts for it and I know this is good and this is helping me. So like, I really try to, to push myself in that sense. And I've got got all the receipts in the world right now of going in on my decision to embrace kind of what I represent and what I want to do. Yep. Um, I have lit literal receipts for it. I started a business <laughs> from it. But yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's cool like that. It's super interesting you talk about that and, and kind of how, I don't even want to call them haters. It's just like people that doubt you for whatever reason, right? They don't believe in it. They don't want to see you get there. They think you should go a, a certain path. Yep, and I, yep. I, I think we've all definitely been there. And it's like, I can see it you know, happened before I branched out and started my own business, right? I was here uh, in St. Louis, had like a cushy Fortune 500 company job where I did enjoy it, but I knew that I was going to be starting my own business at some point. And there were so many people that told me not to, so many people not, told me not to give it up, told me people like, and some of it was out of love, right? Like, hey, like, listen, like, 
if you fall on your face, this could be super tough to bounce back from, right? And some of the people were just like, well, what the fuck do you think you're going to do? What do you know about starting a business? You know, and some people probably just didn't want to see me do it. Um, but you start creating, once you start creating conversations, again, like you did with your podcast and your messages and your inspirational stuff, right? It's once you start creating those, you start to attract people that enjoy that. You start to attract people that agree with those things. And then once you hear that, it kind of builds a little bit of confidence in yourself. It's like, okay, like I'm talking to other business owners or I'm talking to other podcasters, like I can do it. And it just kind of builds on itself. And then you continue to build that network around you that's just, just I guess, affirming that you can do it. And then like it, it, your, in, in your case, you've got 160,000 followers and got a seven-figure business. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it's cliche to say, but I mean, the law of attraction is legit. It's real. Um, I always define it a little bit different. People talk about the law of attraction. It's, you know, you, you attract, um, you know, your vision, you manifest your outcome based on your input. And I think that's true, of course, right? So like I've always, um, you know, in, envisioned being a top podcaster, right? And then I put in the freaking work for years. I busted, grinded, and here we are. But I think the law of attraction is is more like you you attract the 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 representation of what you want. So like for me, it's like I the the, the law of attraction that I've tapped into isn't necessarily you know I have envisioned I want to be a top podcaster. My law of attraction is I envision being someone who creates something from nothing and leans on their personality and talent to create a valuable business. And then based on that, I've started to attract people who do the same thing. I started to notice people who do the same thing. And that is how I'm attracting that presence in my life. I see other people leaning on their talents, their personality, their ability for impact. And that has inspired me and that has driven me. And it's like attract, attract, attract. Those people are my tribe now. And like, that is the law of attraction. It's like, it's not what you want. It's what you believe in. And so like, I believe in the ability of personality driven impact. And the second I started believing in that, the second I started to attract it in my own life. And by attract it, I mean, simply notice it more in people and using that to inspire me and that to validate my approach. And then I just grind it out. So like, I think there's definitely something to be said about, you know, heads down and asking yourself, it's like, here's what I want, but what do I believe in that's going to enable me to get there? Yeah. And then the second you're able to hone in on that, you start seeing it. You're like, oh man, you know, that top podcaster is a top podcaster, not because they're a top podcaster, but because they have leaned on this and that, and that is what I believe in. So man, there's so much validation there for me. It's like, I find a lot of people, they don't ask that. There's there's this whole foo-foo fairy dust around manifesting and law of attraction and uh, the secret and all those kinds of things. Yes. And, it, and it's, very, it's very what driven, right? It's what I want, what I want to accomplish and so on and so forth, um, which is great. I think you... You need to know where you want to go, but I think you need to believe in what do I believe in that's enable that's going to enable me to get there. You answer that question, you're you're going to have a much clearer path there, or at minimum, you're going to start to spot people and experiences and circumstances that validate and inspire you, and that's everything. So I believed in that for a long time. I believed in um, the power of relatability the power of personality driven impact in a space that's very full of fairy dust and cliches. So I don't think your question was about law of attraction, but no, I turned it into but I, I talked about that and we wanted to touch on that for real uh, uh, anyway. And we talked about the secret. I, I, I am a, I watched it and it's just too much fluff in it. Right. It's just like, think poof, you know, it's like, I want to be, I want to yacht poof. Yeah. And there's no, the in between. And I couldn't agree more about like what you believe in. I always relate it to the analogy of when you go out to buy a car, first thing you do is you start to research the car, you ask people about the car, you do all this background about that car. Then once you pull off that lot with that car, you see that car everywhere, right? right? You didn't see that car at all before you pulled off that lot. But once you started just like putting the pieces into place and talking to people who bought that car or might know something about that car, it manifests, like you start to see how you can work to manifest that or, you know, kind of bring it into your life. So definitely we're firm believers in the law of attraction, but obviously we're, we're big on the why. And I like how you said, like, you got to understand what your beliefs are. I also uh, wanted to get your take on this. It just popped into my head. It's also what your limiting beliefs are, right? Because if like you say like, hey, I'm going to be a millionaire every day, uh, affirmation, I'm going to be a millionaire, but you 
sink right back into, I'm poor, I don't have enough money, am I going to pay the bills, where am I going to get this? Um, it's, it's probably not going to happen. I think you also have to address your self-limiting beliefs and really get to a point where you can overcome those as well. Yeah, that's a big vibe too. I mean, it's not easy to overcome limiting beliefs because they're very ingrained. Like you almost don't, you know, it's not like you made a choice to adopt them. You just think that they're reality. But I mean, this goes back to everything that I talk about. It's like a lot of times we live life, we date, we work, whatever. And we don't realize that a lot of the truths that we live by are borrowed truths. Like we just borrowed them from someone else. Like we didn't think twice about where we got them. We just picked them up and rode and we're riding with them. Um, but the reality is those were borrowed from someone else. And that person probably borrowed from someone else. And those are all assumptions. And some of them might be very well and true. Um, but the reality is you, you don't know what's true until you experience it yourself. I mean, that, those are the facts, They're like dead facts. Like talk a lot about this on the pod. It's like, there's no right way to do anything in life. There's no right way to be single. There's no right way to be married. There's no right way to start a business. There's no right way to work a nine to five. Like particularly in, in this day and age where technology has made that so abundantly clear. Um, but I think we would all behoove ourselves to push ourselves to take a second and ask ourselves like the things that I believe, particularly the beliefs that are holding me back, if you're self-aware enough to, to realize them, namely, I don't have time to do this. I don't have the skill to do this. I don't have the money. I don't have the investment, whatever. Ask yourself, what, what is validating of that assumption? It's probably not a whole lot. It's probably built up on a whole lot of assumption. And that's assumption that you borrowed from other people. I mean, it's, it's so true. There's, there's the quote about, uh, it's not my quote. It's like, there are couples who dated for 20 years, got married and divorced a year later. There's couples who slept together on the first date, got married and have been happily married. Like there's, there's no right way to date. There's no right way to be single. Same with business. I make a living from, um, I was on Girls Gotta Eat the other day and she introduced me as a guy, Case Kenny, a guy who likes to lift weights and share his feelings. That's how I make a living, which is preposterous. Two years ago, I would have thought that that was silly and that was stupid. But the reality is it's not. And I just figured out the right way for myself. I think a lot of the times um, I have this little soundbite I talk a lot about in other podcasts is, is there's no right way to do anything in life, but there is a wrong way. And the wrong way is to think that there's a right way. And that is where our limiting beliefs come from. We think that someone else, what they said is right, and you need to hone in on how they got there. Someone else who's happy, successful, single, an entrepreneur, whatever it is, they found out the right way because I'm not there yet. I have the wrong way. I need to find out their way. And the reality is just not true. That's how we start putting ourselves in corners. That's how we you know, establish ceilings for ourselves and expectations. It just aren't true. And I'm never that rah-rah guy who's like, anything's possible. Not everything's possible. <laughs> it's just that's life for you. But you don't know that until you experience it for yourself. So go get out there and prove it that, okay, that wasn't possible. And then you move on. But otherwise, it's like, we again, it comes back to the power of choice. If given the choice, I would rather assume that anything's possible until I'm pro so it's proven otherwise. Someone the other day asked me a fun question on a podcast. And they were like, hey, do you believe in aliens? And uh, I, my answer was, yeah, sure. Because I've never seen anything that proved that aliens don't exist, which is such like a ass backwards way of answering that question. But it's like, that's how I think about it. You've got to touch it, smell it, feel it, taste it yourself. That's how you establish what's true for you. Yep. Yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, I have another question on here for you, Case. Uh, so with you talking about just, I want to go back to earlier how you were talking about how there's these people out there that just have like this prescription solution and these gurus and this is the right way to do things and you were just talking about it right now just like oh here's here's exactly how you're supposed to go about this there's no you saying there's no uh obviously right way or wrong way to do anything and um i know personally for me like like i mentioned whenever uh i was kind of introducing like my story and all this on here um you've really been someone that a lot of people are looking to. And it, shoot, I guess I'm me and Matt are two of the only males followers that you have, but shoot, uh, we'll take it, dude. Uh, but you're coming, a, you're becoming a, and you already are a modern household name in meditation and mindfulness. And so I'm, I'm genuinely curious if, what are you doing to, check yourself. Obviously um, you have a lot of, you ask yourself a lot of questions. You ask yourself why a lot. Um, and this is probably something that you may not, may or may not believe in, but is like, what is your take on like just 
therapy, people going to do uh, like check on themselves, talk to someone else, or do you really focus just on like you asking yourself questions and then figuring it out on your own? Yeah, no, I'm a big proponent of therapy. Personally, I, I've never been to therapy. Um, I think it's the most healthy thing in the world, though. From from what I hear, I have some very, very my best friends go to therapy and and say it's fantastic. I think we're finally blasting through the stigma that it's for people with like serious mental health issues. Um, so I'm all for it. Um, personally, for me, um, I think I'm I'm self aware enough to know that um, you know I, I don't need that right now. I don't have anything that's really tugging me or weights that I'm carrying or anxieties that I'm fighting through. But if I ever did find myself in that situation, I would gladly go and do that. Um, I think I think the 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 biggest thing for me is like everything that I talk about is very is very personal, um, and I, I really try to be in my life, the guy that I am on the podcast. And obviously the, the podcast is the internet and Instagram is the internet. It's like, I choose my words very carefully. I choose my posts very carefully. My pictures are very careful. Like it's the internet. Like it's a business. It's a brand. Like everything is chosen for a reason. But like my, my, my measure of truth is, am I that same person? And I, and I try to live by that. I, that's why I hate calling myself an expert because I am fallible, just like the next person. And I really don't want people to put me on a pedestal just because I'm able to talk about things in a succinct way. I do not deserve that in any sense. So I, I, I think it's hilarious when people call me experts. I was on Fox the other day and they introduced me as a dating expert. And I wasn't going to correct them live on the air, but I was like, oh, I was like, oh, no, it was, it was actually funny because they're like, it says here, they're like, Case Kenny's here, blah, blah, blah. It says here, you're a dating expert. Is that correct? And they made me go, yep, that's correct. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> they lawyered me. They're like, oh, oh no. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah, just like, I'm, I'm very big on like, because I, some, one of you referenced it earlier. It's like, the podcast is for me because it helps me. It's my form of therapy. Um, talking through things live, sitting down and really thinking things through. It's, it's amazing therapy for me. And um, I don't want to be a hypocrite in talking about something by not taking my own advice. So I'm very leaned into that. And uh, everything I say, I truly believe in. And, um, you know, therapy would be one where you're bringing everything I, I talk about to life in a way that's more accountable. And I think that's great because not everyone has the self-control that I do. And I understand that. I'm very stubborn and uh, kind of annoying in that sense. And like just <laughs> wired, hardwired positive. So. Yeah, uh, to answer your question, though, I think therapy is amazing. Yeah. I think it's like it could be like the kickstart that someone needs to like drastically change their life. Yeah, I like how you uh, talked about how you, the podcast is your therapy. So I don't blog very often, but every once in a while we'll put out one that I'll do. And I, I realize that when I am, when I'm forced, when I force myself to do a blog, I'll understand the subject I'm talking about a billion times better because I make sure that I do the research and I ask the questions and I ask the why, right? So when you're yep. sitting there talking about your personal experiences, you're literally, and you know that you're going to have to articulate it to hundreds of thousands of people, right? Or potentially millions of people, whatever it is, that you want to sound right. So you're constantly asking yourself why throughout the entire pro this entire process. Why, what, how can I get better? What can others do to get better? And so that's a that's a really good take on that. And I think everybody should, um, again, journaling. Journaling is probably one of the best things that you could do to clear your thoughts and get to the root of like what you're actually feeling and uh, and why you're feeling it. And so that being said, you're obviously uh, big on meditation, big on journaling, big on bettering yourself. We're, you know, the professional development podcast, our mantra is if you're not growing, you're dying. And that comes from a personal and professional development perspective. So I guess it's a two-part question. One, what got you in to your self-development process? And then two, if you could pick one piece of content, one book, one uh, podcast, one training that you would point other people to that could kickstart their self-development journey, what would that be? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, to answer your first question is, I, I never set out to be this guy. I had zero vision to do this. This is honestly pretty crazy. Um, but it was, I was in a, like a three-year-long relationship in my late 20s, like 27 to 30, hopped out of that relationship. And I was like, I don't know who I am, to be honest. Um, I was very tied up in that relationship. Identity-wise, I was very tied up in my job, 
identity wise at the same time as well. So I popped out of that. It wasn't like I felt lost or anything. I just felt like I hadn't taken the time to invest in in who Case Kenny is. Because um, those are kind of pivotal years, your, your mid-20s. That's when you really figure out who you are. Um, so I just hadn't taken the time. So I was like, I'm going to challenge myself and I'm going to talk through these things. And I decided to start the podcast. That's the, the simple answer. Um, and just kind of started leading down the rabbit hole of topics that helped me get to those answers. And that turned out to be mindfulness and then dating and, and so on and so forth. So um, that, that, that was kind of my, my entry and then started to realize that people uh, gravitated towards it and started to realize I had a skill, I had a talent, I had a knack for it. And then things kind of just cascaded from there. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your question, um, I mean, would it be weird if I recommended my own content? I was actually going to say, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Not at all. I was going to say any, all. anything, but so yeah, recommend your content and why, yeah. just so anybody that's listening to us can get a little bit of a better feel for what your content can do for them or how it's helped other people. And then give us another piece of outside of content. Yeah. Um, well, I'll answer the second question first because people always ask me, Case, like, tell us all about the podcast you listen to and the, the books you read. It's going to make me seem like a, a moron, but I really don't listen to any other podcasts. I don't listen to any podcasts, to, to be answered, to be honest. Um, my reading has been down this year, certainly, which is embarrassing to say. Um, I try to stay away from self-help books, to be honest with you. Um, I, I really do, just because, um, again, it's no. I, I feel like sometimes it feels like I'm bashing on the self-help industry, which I'm not. I just don't want to be that person who borrows other people's content and repurposes that as, as my own. I really try to create original content that is from my experience because it's validated through my experience. I don't like talking about theory. Um, so I don't, I don't listen to a whole lot of podcasts. I don't <laughs> consume a lot of self-help content. My go-to source uh, is a couple things. So there are a couple books that I, I would recommend. Um, one of my favorite things, though, to do is to spend a lot of time on Reddit because I think I feel like a lot of times our um, the the biggest problem we have is we think we're alone in whatever we're going through. I don't know why we think, think that. We just do. We 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 bifurcate ourselves off. We put ourselves in a corner. We think that whatever we're going through, we're alone in it. When the reality is, there's thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people who have gone through the same thing or are going through the same thing. And Reddit's a great source for that. It's just average people talking about average topics um, and how it's impacting their life. So it's it's a great um, it's a great resource to really prove that to yourself because um, you truly aren't alone. And I think that can be a liberating thing. It's a very lonely place to think that you're alone in whatever you're going through. It's probably the worst feeling in the world, right? Um, so that's one. Um, as far as uh, other books go, I mean... Um, one book, this is going to sound like the most random reference in the world, but I read a book. I don't remember the author. It's called Many Lives, Many Masters. It's about this doctor who um, worked with a bunch of patients. And basically, it's this, it's this idea of, of past lives, which is a really random idea uh, or reference when talking about self-help because that's, that's very ethereal and, and theory-based. But it's this real life story of this woman who was able to recount her past lives. And I was thinking a lot about that. It's like, it really helped me formulate a lot of ideas of like the trauma that we carry with us and the baggage that we carry with us. Not necessarily that it's because of past lives or anything like that, but it's about the idea of um, not addressing the weights that are carrying you down and and pulling you back and the power and everything that we've been talking about, self-awareness and really addressing your, your baggage that you carry with you and why. Um, so that, that could be one potential reference there. Um, I also, as far as piece of my own content, I mean, I, I do all kinds of content. It's usually mostly 20 minute long me talking episodes. I do, um, music and mindfulness episodes, which are upbeat collaborations with DJs and producers. And then sometimes I do my own guided meditations. Um, so you, you pick anything that's in there. Usually I try to make the, the titles pretty prescriptive. So you know what you're hopping into, um, but I don't know. I'm very passionate about the music because I'm a. I'm not good at traditional meditation, and I feel like a lot of people struggle with it. Um, just because not not everyone gets value from quieting their mind. Um, if 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 you see meditation um, in that sense, some people um, you know don't find catharsis or vulnerability that way. They find it in other ways. So I'm very passionate about this idea of combining um, two very emotional formats, which is meditation and then upbeat music. Um, so those are always valuable to listen to. But I think it comes down to knowing knowing yourself well. Like I know what I respond well to and uh, it's really helped me there. So say somewhere in there was an answer for you. Um, no, there was. I mean, I've, been, I've been doing that. 
that I've been was doing our, the podcast for, for three years. I've got two episodes a week, so you you got many hundreds of episodes in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that was a, that was an answer. And although, again, from the perspective of like you don't read certain things or you don't listen to you don't you haven't been reading a lot, you don't really listen to other podcasts. It's although I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't. It's not that I'm disagreeing with how you do it because, like you said, it's your right. What's right for you is not necessarily right for other people. And again, if if there was an absolute right way to do it, life would be pretty fucking boring. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I spend uh, a ton of time consuming content, um, but uh, you know, I spend a ton of time on Reddit and Twitter and YouTube. Just I'm I'm I really like firsthand unpolished uh, narratives. Like that's what I what I'm after. Um, I like the imperfect content that other people share. That's what inspires me. You look at my phone, it is just screenshot after screenshot, note after note of random things that I saw. Someone tweeted this, someone shared this, here's an article, like whatever. Like that's how I really find my, my, my perspective and my inspiration, not in something that was professionally produced and really chosen well. That, that's just what inspires me. Like everyday experiences that really validate some of the things that I've observed. And then I dive into those. Like everyone always asks me like, where I get my inspiration for topics? And it's, it's, it's usually a, a combination of my own experiences, but someone else's words that reminded me of them. So I think it's, yeah, to your point, it's all about knowing yourself, what you respond well to. Mm-hmm. And that's what I respond well to. So I lean into it really heavily. Nice. Also, I've, Realize this. Are we getting darker in here? Is it harder to see us right now? I think it has. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, like oh, the natural <laughs> light's fucking gone. I just realized well, that. Well, we're, I know we're, we, we're past, uh, we're past six. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I was going to say, uh, case we can wrap it up here. Um, for you, just because I'm sure you have to, you got a life that you got to live. Yeah. Um, so we want to let you get back to that, man. Um, so uh, if I can ask uh, just one final funny question, and then I'll wrap this up, include your social stuff like that to make sure people know where they can follow you. So uh, last last question that I have, and we just we were going back and forth about some funny things that we could ask you. Um, would you be willing to read the last or the funniest thirsty DM that you've ever gotten on Instagram? Because I'm guessing you probably get a few. I would absolutely be willing to. I just have, I would have to find one or think of one quickly. Um, if you have one off the top of your head that's funny, but shoot, yeah, verbatim would be hilarious. Well, I don't know. One, I, 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 I mean, I get a ton of DMs and that's not to sound cool. It's just, I encourage people to do that. Yeah. So it would take me a while to find one. I sure. would say a growing trend, which I think is pretty funny. And um, it, it's a, it's a unique slide is I, I take gym selfies. Cause at first I thought it was funny to be a guy who takes gym selfies. And now I just think it's fun. So I just do it. But a big thing I do is I like to tuck in my shirt while I work out. <laughs> yep. Um, for one, I did that in high school. I did that in high school for when we did our weight and conditioning. So you don't get your shirt wrapped in a, in a clean or a jerk or something like that. Um, but now I just think it's funny. Again, I call it like business casual gym attire. So anyway, I always post it and that's yep. my thing. I get a lot of DMs from women, their gym selfies, they'll tuck in their shirt and they'll, they'll text me their, their photo of them. Um, so I always, I think that's, that's funny and that's cheeky and that could lead to some interesting conversation. So yeah. I'm all what well, do you, Hey, I know you said last question, but now this is the last, last question. What are your, <laughs> what are your thoughts on shirtless mirror picks on the dating apps asking for a friend. You don't I have one of those, do you? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. That was a joke. I, it's, I, th- I think it's. I think it's fantastic. I don't understand. I don't know. It's it's a double standard. A guy does that, and that's like he's a, a, a you know a douchebag. A girl does that. Not obviously totally topless. It's right, like sure. oh, awesome. That's cool. It's like empowered. It's like there is a little bit of a double standard there. But regardless, you take you take that out of it, out of the picture. And I think it's cool. It's like if you're proud of yourself because you work out, that's a that's a that's an accomplishment. Show what Why you not? know. Show what Absolutely. you know. So I'm all I'm all for it. I'm all for gym selfies, shooting, shooting your shot, like everything. Like just freaking go for it. Yeah. 
Well, that's awesome, man. Well, Case, this last hour has been awesome. Uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to um, just talk with us. Let us uh, ask you some questions, probably some that you've been asked before, but uh, really, really happy to hear your insight on a lot of this. And I'm sure this will be helpful for a lot of our listeners. I know it's been huge and uh, really important to myself and and to Matt. So um, with that, for our listeners out there, we'll wrap this up. Make sure that you go follow Case Kenny on Instagram at case.kenny. Uh, listen to his podcast, New Mindset Who Dis on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I'm sure he's on some other ones too. And then lastly, uh, go to his website, check out his journals, uh, new, his New Mindset journal, The Single is Your Superpower, and his new journal, Unbothered. Case, you're the man. We appreciate you. Thank you, guys.